Hello everybody and welcome back to Goldbridge Saves Football, the podcast where we solve all the big issues in football. I'm joined by my co-host, William Brazier. Yep. Thanks, Mark, for having me. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Exactly. Uh, just a reminder that this podcast is brilliant. It's doing so well. We are we, we, we're, we're actually sandwiched in. I've played the game. You've got Peter Crouch behind us, Ben Foster ahead of us, Gary Lineker and his couple of co-hosts. We're doing so well. If you are on Spotify, make sure we found the new section. You can leave comments that we do post. Give us a follow and give us five stars. That's great. Right, let's get into the action. There's lots to discuss. It's an international break, Will. We will talk about the Premier League so far and what's to come. We've got the normal questions from you. We've got either or. We've got quiz. But we're going to start off with the international break. Ah! Will, what's your thoughts on it? Well, yeah, I mean, it's been a big topic going on forward and it actually ties into the community. On the community tab, Arthur Shodwell said, how, f- how football needs saving from boring international breaks. Now... Yes. Before we even put this topic in, we've got a difference of opinion on that. And it, and it's not been produced this way. I love the international break. I love England. I love Southgate. I love this country and I'll die for it. <laughs> I love it. This is not EastEnders. In fact, if this was scripted, this would be more Scarsese. It's going to be a bloodbath. Who's Scarsese? Scar- it's his brother. No, nice. he's got a scar. So you've not heard of me. You've not heard of me. I've got a scar down my face. Um, no, look, I hate the international break. I detest it. Um, it. It reminds me, actually. You know what the international break reminds me of? I love football, hence the podcast. But it reminds me of a time back in my youth when I used to do GCSE maths, and I didn't mind school, and I'd have English PE. But every week, maths on a Thursday afternoon it would start to worry me from Tuesday. In fact, even as a grown man, I still sometimes wake up. You know when you fall asleep? You know, when you're tired on a Sunday afternoon? I fell asleep before, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done it. I must try. You know when you fall asleep at like on a Sunday afternoon, you're tired, you know, you've had a few drinks, whatever. You're watching the telly, you fall asleep, and you wake up with a start. I still do it in my late 30s where I... I jump up and go, shit, I've got GCSE maths. Mm. Well, it's called the Sunday Scaries, isn't it? Because yeah. for me, it was if Antiques Roadshow was on or Heartbeat, when the Heartbeat theme tune played. Dun, 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 quite nice. Actually quite eerie if you listen to it over and over heartbeat. again. Dun, right. dun, and then you just like dun, school's on tomorrow. I haven't done my own work and I'm going to get in shit. The best theme tunes ever. I will do a podcast on this. You've got to go Airwolf or Baywatch. What's Airwolf? Or Black Beauty or Howard's Way. Um, you really are aging yourself today. Baywatch was good for visual and also audio. <laughs> anyway, so that's a different scary. podcast. I hate the international break. Let's get back onto that. I hate the international break. It, it makes... I think the thing is, you start the season off, you've had the summer, at least you can go on holiday, you've got your fancy Premier League team, you get three or four weeks in, international break comes in. I'm past pretending it's good. You get past that two weeks. Oh, it's back again. Proper football. And then three or four weeks later again, it's an international break. And you just, you've just you got three before November. It's ridiculous. And I think it's appreciated in other countries. But I hate the international break. And it's not just because Harry Maguire plays for England or Gareth Southgate's the coach. It's just a complete and utter momentum killer. No, I, I, I agree. I don't think the placement of this window does anything any favours. But I just do love when England play because... Apart from this season, where Birmingham City, my beloved club, are playing liquid football, and I can enjoy that, for the last 12 years, it's been absolute torture. So when England play, and I've got some sort of ownership over these players, and are proud to, for them to wear the, the badge and play for our country, 
it's actually a real treat to see a 10 yard pass into feet and be controlled well that's a real treat for me and it's almost it's an extension of club football this is my club even though it's international football if that makes sense that last 40 seconds was about as boring as the international <laughs> break I mean, I, I just, I just, I don't, what's, what's interesting about watching Gareth Southgate ball against Yeah, but you're coming Lithuania. from it from a, you're coming it from a, a top four perspective where you, you know, you, you don't know how well you've been treated as a Manchester United fan. You, you don't know how lucky the you are. The last 10 years hasn't been that good. All right, not been that good, but you've, you still had a top half finish every season, which objectively is not great. So international football is basically for the lower leagues. They've already got the 3pm no, no, Saturday you know, you can't watch football because some Pratt who's an Arsenal fan is going to go, oh, I can't watch Arsenal on the telly. I'm going to go and watch Leighton Orient play against Stevenage. Yeah, no. It, it ties back into the chat we had the other week. Like there is more to life outside the Premier League. There but, is more to life outside of English football. There is more to football than just the top four and the top six. Who's going to get in? Who's going to get out? Great. Fantastic. But there are stories upon stories across the world that international football tells, that EFL tell. And you need to get your head out your ass. International football is like a menu with a salad on it. Yes, you can buy it and you're very welcome to get it. But everybody wants the steak, the burger or the chicken. They do not want the veg, they don't, unless you're a vegetarian, in which case you're in the minority. Premier League football is the best and international football is boring and a waste of time. No, the, I, I, there's no... In, it, in this sense, it should not be existing this early in the season and we should not have three international breaks yeah. before November. It is a momentum killer. This is like, no, I won't do anything in the bedroom, but you know, it really is like a fart in the bed yeah. in the fall. Yeah, some people might be into that. But uh, exactly. That's like, that, that, that's what international football fans are. You're having foreplay, somebody farts. Most people would say, that's it, get out. Was but that, an international is that a loud fan, one as well? An inter- and a smelly one. A Tommy and Squeaker. A, and an international fan would go, oh, that's nice. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's brought it. That, that spiced things up a bit. Did you have an Indian last night? <laughs> the thing with international football is that everyone goes, the games are meaningless, but you, you need these friendlies to make the Euros better. You can't just go straight to the Euros, straight to the World Cup, because there's nothing better than a World Cup or a Euros where England are doing well. You can't deny that. I think international football, actually, especially from an England point of view, I could qualify England for the World Cup no, or the Euros. And also... I don't think England ever play anybody decent until they get knocked out, which is the quarterfinals or the semifinals. I think I think most this, international teams are shit. But this is this is people get, England get to the final in the Euros. People go, ah, oh, we should have won it. Maybe we should have. But they totally disregard that they got to the final. They still have to beat the teams to get to the final. People literally disregard the run and think we get there to the final and get plopped in because there's been the golden generation before. What was the best they ever did? Spoiler alert: quarterfinal. This England team is very, very good, but Southgate is very, very bad. Like, he would not get a job in the Premier League, and yet he's the England coach. He, he would get a job in the he, Premier League. Who? Forrest. Luton. No. Hey, you, you just don't like it? Steve Cooper. I Steve like Cooper's Steve Cooper. A, he's a much Steve better... Co- Steve Co- they could do a job swap. No. Well, the report's coming out, basically. Uh, it was reported by Sammy McBow yesterday that the... FA are basically saying Southgate's out at the end of the Euros. They're already looking for replacement. The man they want is the dream target is Pep Guardiola. Now mm. would you be interested? That would make international football a little bit more interesting. Now am I pulling you back in? A little bit. I think I think Southgate is a big reason I don't like it. But I am going to solve international football, actually. You're not going to let me wander into the Southgate fan club. This is my solvement, if yeah. that is a word, I started, of, started well. of international football. Um, 
when I was a kid, international football used to, you've got two options, basically. Well, I'm going to let you have a choice on this. Right. Two options, Go right? On. I've got to get rid of these international breaks at the start of the season that everybody hates. It's a momentum killer, as I said. It's a fart under a duvet. It's disgusting. And what we need to do is find a solution. Now, we can't get rid of international football completely. Brazilians like it. But what we must do is find a way to, you know, keep it, but, you know, not have to watch it. Now, interestingly enough, Sidemen charity game kicks off at the same time as England on Saturday. Southgate against Goldbridge. Wow. Yeah. Who, who, will, who will get more viewers? Um, well, over the, uh, it will be close, which is quite crazy to say. Yeah. I will definitely look better on the touchline than him. But how's this saving international football? I just, I'm just being... You're just gloating that you might be part of it, aren't I'm you? just gloating that I might be part of it. But no, what, how I solve it is this. I don't want an international break before November. Imagine okay. if you could have Premier League football from the start of August until November, right? Yeah. Okay. So you either put all international football in the summer, which would be ridiculous, I agree. What we need to do is, this is what used to happen when I was a kid in the late 80s. They used to play a, prem, a Division One game in those days on a Saturday. The games all played on a Saturday. Saturday evening, get on the bus, cause no fuss, get a grip on yourself and get towards Lillyshaw or wherever it was, or St. George's Park now. Play a game friendly on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Back to your club on the Thursday. Play again on the Saturday. It does feel like the breaks are getting longer. And I, yeah, I do completely agree that this one comes far too early into a season because you're just building that momentum. But international football as a whole, I don't think it's going away. And, and, and but I used to like that, Will, you know, I did like that. You know, you know, United play on a Saturday, England play on a Wednesday, friendly against Brazil, whatever. Man United play back on the Saturday. I wouldn't care. I would actually yeah, yeah. like that. It's not the, disrupting the two-week yeah, break yeah. is such a like, it's a switch off, isn't it? And that's where they've got to go wrong. I mean, look, there is also the argument, well, if you play for Brazil, it's a lot of traveling. Look, trust me, I've, I've done the red eye to America, you know, just, yeah. just literally because I'd left my sunglasses. <laughs> so I've flown to New York, got my yeah. sunglasses, got back on a plane and, I, and then, you know, I was tired. And that's how well you do it. But that's how it is. Exactly. So what, what, what do you think about that? Have you got any solutions or are no. you just going to say, let's keep it how it is? No, I think, yeah, I think we need to get rid of this window. I think we need, that. I, I like that because to be fair, there isn't, and now Birmingham are doing well, I'm much more invested, but there's nothing worse than a Saturday when you go to check the fixture list and there's no club football on. Well, but then is there an argument to say this is where the non-league sort of has its focus as well? Non-league day, league one, league two, these cr the crowds get bumped up because... I'd rather, you know, literally, if there's no football on a Saturday afternoon, I've got literally nothing to do. And, you know, Solihull Moors are playing. You know what I do? Clean out the garage. Yeah, I mean, that is wrong. But, but, but I'm not interested. I went down to Bury the other week on a Wednesday night, ninth tier, I think, ninth step of English football northern counties guess how many people there I'll stop you 3,200 not and it was there's not a lot to do in Barry. 3-2 three, three the game was and you also don't have a lot to do as well you often message me you know saying did you see the news tonight at 6 <laughs> who watches the news at 6 I just think yeah there's a lot that can be done the windows need to change but fundamentally that for me there is nothing better when England and the country are doing that is the country that are doing well in a national tournament. I only come alive in international football when it's the Euros or the World Cup. I've got absolutely no interest. And I tell you what, international friendlies, that is the equivalent of bread. Right. With no, no butter, no filling. It's just bread. Not even a seeded batch. No, 
It's, it's just but this time around, time. We've, we've got a qualifier, which obviously means something, and we're playing Scotland in an anniversary game. So there's a bit of a derby. But what happens? Oh, scoop it, dude. If we're playing Scotland, get it. 2 2 last time, actually. So it doesn't mean anything. Oh, we beat Scotland in the friendly. If we beat them in the World Cup and send them home with the bagpipes and the iron brew, Jesus Christ. that would be great. But right. I, I agree with you. There needs to be something about the, the window. So I'll shake your hand on definitely no early September window. Let's wait till November. Even get the Champions League started a little bit earlier. I don't mind. You know what? I don't actually mind the March international break because yeah. you've had a good four months. Yeah. yeah. But this this is ridiculous. I, I, I think, you know, something needs something's got to happen. Um, And Southgate's got to go. No, I completely disagree with this. I, I was going to say second best England manager we've ever had, Gareth Southgate. No, for me, uh, Sir Bobby Robson. I don't know whether he was a sir. I think he was, but if, if not, I've just knighted him. Should be. And uh, posthumously. Well, I thought it was good, though. I sort of gave my argument, but we have agreed to disagree. No, I've agreed on the solution there. And we're saving football as we move along. And one thing that we did want to talk about saving football, back in the current game, Mark, it's going to be a topic ongoing, I think, on this podcast. Fans leaving early at football. Oh, yeah. Let, let's go topical then. The season so far, we've, we've, we've had a few bad takes already. We've had some good takes already. But I said this to Will. I like to revisit things on the podcast. And already, you'd mentioned a couple of weeks ago about fans leaving early. Yeah. I was watching Man United Arsenal. Not really enjoying it, to be honest, no, when, when, when in, Arsenal won. I was enjoying you watching it. Yeah. That was great. So fun. was hundreds of thousands of other people. Oh, I should teed you up there. United stand, uh, tune in on YouTube and probably just about everywhere. But reality is, I'm watching the game. They go, they cut outside. I think it was 2-1 at this point. And there's some Arsenal fans walking outside the Emirates at 2-1. They must have missed the 2-1 goal. And then the third goal goes in. They're not running to catch the underground train or or that get on their bike or whatever it, however they travel and they just sort of like have a little grin on their face and go yeah when the third goal was in as they w- incredible absolutely incredible what are these people on they, to me that few seconds summed up those fans they're doing it every week will yeah. they're doing it every week they're leaving 10 minutes early every week you've just missed probably the most exciting game at the emirates this season against one of your biggest rivals and it's part of that. You can see it's part of their psyche. I'm, you know, they're not even regretful that they've missed that. It's like part of the, it's part of the match experience to to miss a late goal. Yeah, well, I remember Peter Jury talking about being a commentator and people saying like, you commentate a mid-table game, it's nil-nil, you're watching it. But that's part of the charm because as a fan at nil-nil, you are you're on your you're on your tenter hooks. And if like when I was at Birmingham the other week and we get a 93rd minute pen and the bloke in front of me is gone. Well, that's the game. That's the moment. That's everything you talk about. So I really think we need to be looking at going forward. If you're leaving early, you need to be telling the steward beforehand. You meet in some sort of fire exit area. Yeah. You get marched out of the ground at 85 minutes because you've got a doctor's note, some sort of note, and that's that. And if you haven't, you're staying in. And it shouldn't be a, I'm sorry you're staying in. You paid your money. You should want to be enjoying it. Yeah. I'd put them in. I'd put earplugs in so they can't hear anything. I take the phone off them yeah. and say, you go home and you don't know the result. Yeah. Don't come back if you hear an ear, ooh, ah, like, because people have sat down. You, like last night, I was at Ricky Gervais' concert in Birmingham and as soon as it finished, everyone's up. And I just stood up, stretched my back. Yeah. Five minutes, had a bit of a chat about the show, then walked down the steps, breezed out. Yeah. Absolutely breezed out. Uh, you, you've got it completely the wrong way. Imagine these people who leave early, 10 minutes early like that. They've missed, it's probably 1-1. One, one. They've missed two goals. Arsenal have won. Um, you've paid your ticket, but you've not got full satisfaction. I mean, I presume these people don't have kids. Not because they they can't have kids, but they just don't, they don't finish the job. 
you know, that they are they are the equivalent of people who trying to get pregnant, but you know, seventy five percent way through, pull out. Yeah, that is one way of describing it. It is. It's a very good way. But I just think that some ultimately someone's very dissatisfied. Yes, exactly. I think some as, as they walk off, going, "That was good." Yeah, that was good intercourse. That's the best you've ever had. Yeah. Um, I yeah, fundamentally, that is the best moments in football. Think how many moments these people are going to miss. What are the best moments in football? Close friend of yours, Ben Foster, uh, and mine is debatable. <laughs> debatable. Yeah, he doesn't know my name. Um. Yeah, imagine missing that penalty. Imagine missing that penalty save. I think the Duke penalty the other week for Blues. You do that, you miss the Champions League final 99. (laughs) Imagine walking out of the new camp on your phone, if they were available. Uh, Oh, Solskjaer and Schoen have scored. That's class. We've just won the treble. Anyway. I've got a classic here. I've got a classic. It's not not even sexual. I don't even have to get the laps off that. You're in the cinema, right? You're watching the Titanic. (laughs) It starts to go down. That's me. See you later. (laughs) Don't you want to know what happens to Jack and Rose? Nah. Yeah, I've I, I, I think hours. I know it sinks, but you know, I've had a good time. Yeah, I've yeah. had a good time, and uh, you know, at least I'll be first out the car park. I'm invested, but not, not that much. Um, you spoke about the season so far. We wanted to have a look so far our preseason predictions, some of the shouts that we made. So I wanted to ask you, what is, which team? Easy for me to say, has surprised you the most so far? I think it's got to be Tottenham, and I think that you know Brighton have been very good again uh Liverpool have been very good but I predicted that but Spurs I did say I don't think they'll get the top eight and we like to solve football we like to you know get your comments in on Spotify etc but let us know as well because we'll post some of them underneath but I do really have to say that Spurs have surprised me because they're not Spursy you know not yet not yet and also I think after the international break they've got Liverpool and Arsenal but they've got Sheffield United first which they'll obviously win because everyone beats them but I think with with regards to Spurs yeah fair play fair play to them I think that um, it's nice they've got their identity back Um, I think they've been wandering around like for the last three years it's um, do you you think and this is a a bold thing to say, but it's, it's not because of this, but Kane's gone. Son looks like he's got, a, he's really taken on that leadership role a lot more. And with Ange, it's just a clear identity that it, like, this is the way we're playing. And mm. it's just frees everyone up because although they had the superstar managers like Conte and like Mourinho, their football is negative defensive. And, you know, even as a neutral in this, I'm really enjoying watching Tottenham play. Yeah, exactly. And, and also I think uh, we haven't heard it much, but yeah, it's got nothing to do with Kane. If Kane was there, they'd still, they'd probably be better. Yeah. I really do think it's what you've hit there is, is the identity. Look, I'm, I'm not going to change my mind about Spurs getting top eight because I think they still might not get top eight, but not top eight. Well, they might not. Yeah, but they might not. But do you, you don't think they're going to get top eight? If I could change my mind now, I probably would, but I'll stick with, you know, I still think, you know, sometimes you make a prediction and people change that. It's a bit like your fantasy Premier League team, isn't it? Oh, it's doing rubbish. I'm going to yeah. use my wild card. Whereas I'm still like, you know, there's still some good teams there. The Spurs, yeah. the Brightons, the Newcastles. It's a competitive top eight this season, but Spurs at the moment with no European football, um, they've got to be the, the the sort of surprise package for me. What about you? Well, I think the one I've got to apologise to, which you keep reminding me of, is of Nottingham Forest. Because even yeah. in defeat against Manchester United, they got six points. Obviously, a fantastic win against Chelsea at the weekend. Your prediction for first sacking context here was Steve Cooper. Yeah, and I think that because of the club, the nature, the, the guy who owns it, basically. Um, he has stuck, and to be fair to him, he, he has stuck with Steve Cooper last year when it looked like he was going to get sacked and he stuck with him this year. I think the, the main one, it probably might be looking the other way if big teams come sniffing for Steve Cooper in that. But with Forrest, 
And if if the backing stays there, which I mean, how many? Play, I think they bought forty players in over the last two seasons. They've, the last they've, three they've done some business this summer as well. I mean, that Sangari looks interesting, but they they don't look like a team that's going to go down. They no, but like I, I think they can really yeah. push that maybe Elevate. top ten for next season and uh, and keep going. So I'll have to apologise to Steve Cooper. Yeah, maybe next season the manager. It's better, it's better than Southgate, yeah. All right, leave him alone. Uh, which player has surprised you the most? Now, you just dug me out on Nottingham Forest, but I'm, I'm going to dig you back out. Mm. And uh, you said James Madison a little bit overrated at the start of the season, Mark. Yeah, I also said DeSarcy at Chelsea, which I think I will be proved right on. Um, so it's sort of a half-half there. Um, no, Madison's settled in at Leicester, at Spurs really, really well. Um, yeah, I, I sort of predicted he might be flop of the season. Uh, you know, you've got to start somewhere. And Who did I, I say? I said Mason Mount, actually. Ooh, looking good for you. Yeah, but he is. I don't. Injured. I don't want to. I don't want that to look good for. Him. I want Mason Mount to do well. No, my, 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 the context of Madison is he was dreadful for Leicester. I think last season, but ultimately that happens a lot, doesn't it? You know, these players can look really bad in a in an environment where they're disinterested, and then suddenly everything clicks. Spurs haven't played with a number ten for years as well, and now they've got one, and and, he, and he's fitting it like a glove. Love that. Uh, which team has disapp- disappointed you the most? Yeah, I think uh, I think probably well, obviously Manchester United. Yeah, that's we've, what I was looking for. Thank you. We've not had a Correct very answer. good start to the season. We were poor against Wolves. But you, it's not just like a poor result start to the season. Like the Wolves game was like you made that team look like Barcelona. Like that, like Nunes, Cunha running through the midfield. The Tottenham game, Basuma looked like a world beater. Obviously yeah. having a great season. It's just like the actual performances. This Arsenal one was the best one, and that's because you were playing a bit more defensive. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, th- I don't know what's going on at United at the moment. It's a it's a rotten apple, as we know, and there's a lot of context. And even today, there's all sorts of stuff going on. We've had the Jaden Sancho stuff as well. Um, I just think it's I think there's two clubs, Chelsea and Manchester United, that for different reasons are just not right at the moment. And you look at the Brightons and the Spurs, and 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 they can even the Aston Villas, they can make changes very, very quickly and, and the results and the style of play changes very quickly. But I don't think that necessarily re- reflects on Pochettino or Ten Hag. I think that reflects on the clubs. The, the, there seems to be better structure at Aston Villa and Brighton than there is at Manchester United. And Manchester United, I think, is a reflection of wider problems where the toxicity feeds through the club. You know, you see people undermining the manager, the, you know, the Jaden Sancho stuff, as I've said. It's um, Well, they say you need three windows to really sort of mark your, yeah. your yourself on a team. And what is that? He's just had his third window, has he? Yeah. Ten Hag. Second, and, second. And, oh, no, yeah, January yeah. doesn't. Really so care. Sancho's still a player that was bought before he was there as well, wasn't it? So yeah. I think he knows what he wants and hopefully he can get rid of the... I think with United, it's like a relationship, isn't it? Where you just keep giving it a go, but you don't like them. Yeah. You know, they don't like the TV programmes. You don't like the same food. They're not very active in certain areas of the house. Keep farting in bed. Yeah. And uh, their high, general hygiene is disgusting. They don't brush their teeth. They smell of D-O- BO. Are you talking from experience about yourself there or...? I don't know. I'm just trying to really dig out the glazers. You stink. You stink and you're ugly. Get out. And it's not all about looks and smell. Your personality's rubbish as well. I'm trying my best, but ultimately we're not going to win anything the together. Money's, the money's run out. And I, don't like I deserve better than you. Um, which player disappointed you the most? Obviously. Player? Yeah. That. We haven't. Oh, what player's disappointed Point, yeah, me the which most? Player, yeah, yeah. Um, I would have to say that... Um, I don't know what what are your thoughts on that. Well, I was th- I was I going to mention I don't normally snut- stutter with negativity, but I'm, I'm stu- 
Yes. I was looking at one. I, I was going to mention Mason Mount, which I did before, but that's obviously not a true reflection on the because of the obviously the injury. But I was thinking of Nicholas Jackson because of all the hype around him going into the season, and he's just fundamentally he's a striker, and he's I mean, he's not being a good striker. He's been bad. Yeah, I've done enough of these. Yeah, jokes. Done thriller. Um, Man what, in the mirror. If you're struggling on that, then I was going to say, which prediction would you like to revisit the most? If I could say. One, you know, Men in Black when they get the, the thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I know what it is. Go and on. Uh, This is why this podcast is brilliant because we we don't forget outside the top six. I said Crystal Palace will get relegated. Admittedly, everybody who watched that video knows I'd frequented a local public house before that, and I was trying to be edgy. Oh, what a video! That I was about was. as edgy as a bowling ball. Yeah. You know, Crystal Palace are going to get relegated, and Roy Hudson's going to be the first manager to get sacked. I'm very reluctant to sort of retract that because now I've retracted if it happens I'll be going you're an idiot but Crystal Palace aren't going to get relegated and Roy Hudson's not going to get sacked well that's just because I think the the one surprise to me has been Burnley as well because the amount of goals that they've shipped and yeah. I think it's going under the radar because they've still not played the four games they've only played three shipped shipped 11 in those games they have played really hard teams but there's got to be some sort of uh, defensive structure that you know limits that because it can come down to goal difference I mean, it was very edgy. This one was to predict Man City would win the league um, by Christmas. I'm actually almost ready to change that to Halloween. Well, I mean, I think this might be a future safe football topic, but we were talking about it yesterday, about Haaland, even in fantasy football. You've got him as captain. It just feels so robotic. He, he scored a hat-trick. I should be absolutely buzzing my tits off. And it's just like, oh, fair enough. I was far more excited when Evan Ferguson scored a hat-trick. I haven't even got him in my team. Yeah, well, it's just, it, yeah. look, I think there's, you know, we mentioned Son's hat-trick, Evan Ferguson's hat-trick. Nunez is doing well at Liverpool. You know, I think Hoyland at United will do well. It's a shame Erling Haaland exists. And I'm not digging his parents out for this, but it's like, you know, it's a shame Man City and Arl Haaland exist. And Haaland is fantastic, but, and I'm sure this used to happen with United, so I'm coming across as a complete hypocrite, but it is and would be a good league if Man City and Haaland weren't in it because the golden boot is won and the title is won. And you're almost creating this market of, oh, let's pretend that they don't exist because they are so good. Um, but look, it's everybody else's job. I mean, how do you... It's a problem in itself. Maybe we could do that next week. How do you stop Manchester City? Because it's a bigger topic than I've prepared for. Yeah, and well, I think the big chat we had at the start of the season was we probably all on the same page that Newcastle probably posed the biggest threat, and that's just based on financials because they have got the largest budget going forward and could pose the biggest threat to Man City. I think, you know, probably last season in relation to Man City with Arsenal will be closer than this season because I think last season it's a little bit like, you know, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury actually getting in the ring. You know, Man City, Tyson Fury beat him, but it's an interesting competition. Whereas I think this season's not boxing. I think it's more Royal Rumble. And Love John that. Cena is Man City, and he's sat on the side waiting to fight the winner of the Royal Rumble. And there's some good contestants, but they're knackering themselves out fighting each other. Somebody comes through, maybe it's Liverpool, maybe it's uh, maybe it's Arsenal, and then John Cena gets in the ring. They're knackered and just, you know, lays, be beats the shit out of them. Yeah, you were doing really well there with WWE reference. If you said money in the bank, I'd have stood up and shook your hand because that would yeah. have been the perfect thing. But we'll work on that because okay. I will get you back into wrestling. I was uh, going to do an orgy, but... Uh, yeah, probably best we did, John Cena. Porn stars just, one porn star just waiting. Yeah, He's not all right, let's move and on. Then, yeah. yeah. Okay, farts in the bed. Um, Jordan Henderson, we just wanted to speak <sighs> on this because it's come out this it's, morning. It's, this is truly laughable. <laughs> I mean, if, I'm not laughing because it's that laughable. Um, he's come out this morning. There's uh, Adam Crafton's done an article with him 
in the athletic he's obviously gone out to Saudi Arabia not spoken about that a bit of controversy around it for numerous different reasons but the quote that's come out this morning is that Jordan Henderson wasn't motivated by money to move to Saudi Arabia do you believe him Mark? Well, you know what? It's complete and utter bullshit. Um, yeah. Look, I, I just wish people would tell the truth. Yeah. You know, the three reasons I've gone to Saudi Arabia, and none of them are money. Yeah. Um, I like to travel. You know, I, I really want to top up my tan. And uh, I'm, I, I really think I can innovate and change culture that's been going on for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, I've got my rainbow, lace, rainbow laces in my bag. I'm, I'm thinking by December I might put one on. If you know. I'm allowed. If I'm allowed, if I'm allowed. And also, I do not want that to affect my wages. Yeah. You know, I am not willing to have a pay cut in any way. But it's not about the money. I know I know that I'm earning probably 10 times more than I was at Liverpool, but they didn't really make much of an effort to keep me. Yes, because you're on 10 times more, Jordan, than what you're on before. You know, they, they were only going to pay me £150,000 a week. That's not much of an effort compared to eight hundred grand a week. But it's not about the money, no. You know, I'm really not about the money. Uh, you know you know me. I'm one of the people. You know, I, I don't... I, I'd rather go to Poundland than Waitrose. You know, I'm happy buying five Mars bars for a pound than, a you know, a lovely Caesar salad from Waitrose. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to roast turkey. I want turkey faces. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly Dairy Lee over, you know... A nice mature Cornish cruncher. Or a camembert. Oh, yeah. A lovely. baked camembert. Bit of edge. Goldbridge Shaves Cheese would be a great podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And a smelly one. <laughs> but it but it is nonsense. It well, is we were nonsense. talking earlier as well. Who it, do they think we are? Yeah. Who do they think you are? Um I, I was gonna say it just needs more uh players need to be they just need more common sense because when Gerard went, I was telling you there was the, the interview. I I, I can't He's laughing about it before it's supposed to be funny now. He went uh, there's three reasons why I've come to Saudi Arabia. It was about a three minute video, and none of the reasons why I'd come to Saudi Arabia were money. Like yeah. we all know. You are going to Saudi Arabia for money. That's fine. Just admit it. This is quite interesting because when I was on tour doing the United Stand shows this year, um, and that was for money. That was for money. And on the sh- this, this really, I don't know what this means. Maybe somebody listening can tell me because I, I, I sort of stumbled when some somebody asked a question and they said, uh, you know, what's the thing you enjoy the most about YouTube and and doing this sort of thing? And I didn't really have an answer ready, so I just the money as a joke. And everyone went, ah, it was got a really big laugh. So throughout the show then and other shows, if there was an opportunity to say, you know, what, you know, another question, what, what do you say to all your haters who give you shit on, on, on Twitter? I said, I don't say anything because they'll be at work while I'm just rolling around in my money. You know, and I get, it gets a laugh. So my, my recommendation to Jordan Henderson and Steven Gerrard is if you told the truth, yeah. people would just, you know, if Jordan Henderson said, Obviously, it's a huge amount of money. Uh, I know I've thrown my morals in the bin for this, but ultimately, I'm only here once. And instead of having one Ferrari, I've now got a fleet. Um, and, I, you know, I can basically buy Rotherham if I want to. I mean, who'd want to buy Rotherham? The reality is, um, what, what league are Rotherham in? Championship. They've managed to keep their championship state. Bloody hell. Yeah. Uh, shout of, out to Rotherham. One of the Chuckle Brothers on the board of directors. Says it all. One of the won the Johnston Paint Trophy a couple of years ago. Well done, Rotherham. Sorry, Papa John's. Maybe it's more expensive than I thought. Let's move on to Stoke. Uh, but they're doing all right. Um, Go um, further down. Scarborough. Stockport. Lincoln. Scarborough, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're not saying they're bad places. But anyway, Jordan Henderson, if you just said, I'm in Saudi Arabia because I want to earn a lot of money, people would probably laugh, in my experience, and go, well, you know what, fair play. How what? many people leave their job because... Of money, yeah. There's, no, but there's nothing wrong with 
I don't want to. Going for uh, money. I don't want to call you a hypocrite though. But th- doesn't this tie into the sort of Maguire debate where you're saying Maguire needs to leave the West Ham, where he'll be definitely getting paid less money, so he wants to stay at Man United, where he can in his short short time playing his football and having his career. Well, I am a hypocrite because that directly impacts on me. Jordan Henderson playing football in Saudi Arabia True. as an ex-Liverpool player, you know, I don't care. It'd be great uh, Harry Maguire screwing my football club over for money. Well, there's a different angle to that. It'd be great Your mercenary if, uh, rubbish. All right. It'd be great if uh, Henderson was just doing the interview while sat in a gold suit and then he really owning it. Just, just sat there in his mansion, maybe a tiger next to him, holding it on a leash and just saying, yeah, it is all about the money. But, it, but, you know, it's like, you know, the equivalent of this is uh, being in a nightclub, you know, 20 years ago, because I don't know what people do now in, in relation to courting. But uh, well, they, yeah, one, they don't call it courting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, do people still hold doors open for women and, and pay for drinks and, you know, buy the, anyway, anyway, my point is, if you were out with Jordan Henderson in a nightclub 20 years ago and there's a good looking girl giving him, giving him the eye and he goes, no, I'm not interested in her. She's probably never read a book in her life. I like that one. Yeah. And you know what that one looks like. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. That's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm there for the money because we know you are. We'll ridicule you because you say, look, we're many. We're, uh, I may be many things, but not many people would associate the word idiot with Mark Goldbridge. I think if we put that to the vote, most people wouldn't. Yeah. So most of your fans. <laughs> so don't treat me or Will or anybody else like an idiot, Jordan. Own it. You're there for the money. I'd be there for the money. Sure. Well, he didn't even need to do the interview. Like, I don't get the point of doing the interview. It's just so naive from an experienced player. Well, your mate Southgate got d- certainly didn't prep himself last week in the press conference, did he? Gareth and I will go down on that ship. You'll like, go down on Gareth? <laughs> if, if that's what the country needs. We'll cut needs. that in the idiot. He uh, probably would. That's well. fine. Um, should, we move on to, should we move on to the either-ors? Yes. Uh, we've had lots of great ones in from the community tab, but I wanted to start with a different direction. There was a, a guy called Groot on Twitter that's a big fan of the podcast, and he said, um, Dan Byrne or Sergio Regulon? Who would you like at Manchester United? And I thought this was great because it ties back in. Last year, we did a team of the season where Dan Byrne was up for debate. Did he get in when we were doing it with Foster? I reckon you I, you outvoted me, yeah. yeah. I think, um, but... Obviously, plays left back. Having a tough. He's season. not having a good season, though, Dan Burn. No, I, when is I Regulon did, not a little bit like you know? I thought Regulon was great when he first came to the, the Premier League, and I, I, it's I, a bit I, like blind date, isn't it, Regulon? You just don't know what's behind the door. Yeah, hopefully as well. But I think sounds nice. But with Dan Burn, with it ties into sort of maybe a bigger chat around Eddie Howe, where he got the most out of that team for the last eighteen months, and not are we seeing the end of the cycle? But it's, I think I would actually go for Dan Burn over Regulon. Really? Just because he's got more of a CV over the last 12 months. Okay. Regulon probably is potentially better, but Dan Burns, you know, performed. Okay, we'll leave it there because we're all Dan Burns fans on this podcast. Um, the big one's coming out. You've covered it extensively on the United stand, but we are saving football here, Mark. Big, big, big fight coming in Manchester United. We've spoken a little bit about it, but Jaden Sancho or Ten Hag, but I think I already know the answer on that one. Yeah, I think, well, look, everybody can answer this because ultimately, if you've been living under a rock, you might not know what's going on. But effectively, Manchester United lose to Arsenal and uh, Eric Ten Hag is asked why Jadon Sancho is not in the squad. And effectively, he says, "Um, I picked four better wingers based on training this week. Some people think that that was wrong to do that. I would say if you're asked a direct question in a press conference with lots of people listening, you could say he's injured. Well, Sancho could still come out and say, I wasn't. He's ill. I wasn't. Or you could go no comment and people go, oh, that means he's 
done something he hasn't. So I think at the end of the day, he's answered the question, as is his right as a manager, to say, I've got four wingers. I've chosen them ahead of Jadon Sancho based on what I believe is their form at the moment. This is followed up within half an hour. He couldn't type quick enough. Half an hour later, uh, I'm a scapegoat. It's not true. You know, I'm satisfied with my performance and uh, I have trained well this week and I'll continue to train well. And I just think, you know what, if this was Arsenal, Man City, Birmingham, it's out of order, Will. Ultimately, the manager must have respect. And I, I also think as well, as soon as that player does that, Arsenal fans will look at it. Man, Man City fans, Liverpool fans will look at it and go, I wouldn't want him at our club. I don't like that. You know, ultimately... It's the modern players' arrogance and the people they have around them because the best thing to do is to empower yourself with that frustration. I mean, I'm sure he is yeah, frustrated. Yeah. I'm sure he does think he's better than Anthony and that, I agree with that. I think you should back yourself and think, oh, I should be in that team. But there's injustice in life all over the place. The reality is he has to channel that frustration and it may well be, you know, surprise, surprise, Will, that may well be a bit of a, kick up the backside from Ten Hag to see how he reacts to it. And if he reacts to it by getting his head down, not like you with Southgate, and works hard, he goes, he's reacted to that really well. He's actually walked into the trap of, oh, yeah, yeah. I knew I was right about him. He's got to give it the Michael Jordan in the last dance, hasn't he? It's yeah. like, that really pissed me off. And then that was my motivation to go out there and perform. And like you said, I, I hate to agree with you, but you're spot on because if that happened at Blues, whoever the player was, no matter if you're top scorer, our best defender or our most creative player, you've got to back the manager because otherwise the whole pyramid crumbles. And Revenge is a dish best served so uh, cold, yeah. not soiled. And that's something completely different. No, revenge is a, di a dish best served cold. And I'm not saying Putin levels. I mean, that's just terrific. But what I am saying is that... <laughs> Where does that even come from? He is very good at revenge. Yeah. Very good at revenge. And no, but like, I just don't get it. I, I think it's spoilt, childish behaviour. Um, you've met Seb. And uh, he's yeah. like... Yeah, you but know, he rules the roost. He's six. But yeah, well, you take something off him. Yeah. And that got, iPad goes off, Seb. He's, he's, he's That's on, World War Three. Yeah, he, he's going to act worse than Sancho. But the reality is, Sancho is not Seb, yeah. and he is not six. And he needs people around him to look. That that statement comes out so quick because Just, that yeah. is petulant. That take, is, take I'm it, like this. You know, yeah. you know, I'm like this. I I even admit it. When something doesn't go my way, I'm like, that's it. Shut the studio down. I'm not doing YouTube anymore. I'm not. And then everyone just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that winds me up a little bit more. And then about five minutes later, I calm down and go, yeah, let's do it like that. Because that's petulance. But I'm aware of it. So I will let sleep on it. That's what that's what a yeah. lot of people sleep on it. And he, he should have slept on it. It's just he's completely I think I don't know what he expects. He's outed himself. And any football fan is going to look at that and say, you're not doing yourself any favours there. Well, he's almost stuck as well because the, of the wages he's on and the performance he's putting in. He's sort of not going to go to a top six team in the Premier League. The, the best clubs in Europe aren't going to look at him. Probably doesn't want to move to Saudi Arabia. He doesn't want to drop down. So it's going to be the old adage at Manchester United where he's going to be stuck in limbo and you're going to have a player that the manager doesn't want and he's, what's he on? 150, 200 grand a week? There is a way out. Where? I call it the Britain's Got Talent theory. Go on. You know when people go on Britain's Got Talent and they're rubbish? They're, but then right. they but then they say their dog's died or you know they don't know where their gran is they've lost her right um she you know Tesco's or something I don't know this is what Sancho needs to do well but he needs to go on like Stephen Bartlett something like that you know goes on a podcast like that he's obviously had the three months last year that's what happened there and uh, you know sincerely I'm not saying 
you know, pretend, sincerely apologize, sincerely open up and say, I got that wrong. You know, I did it because I care. And, um, you know, I, I got it wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I've disrespected the manager. I've disrespected yeah. myself, I've disrespected the fans. I did it because I care. I, I know obviously he is, you know, look, I'd be fair. He, it's coming from a place of he wants to play football. The worst thing would be, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't care. You know, I'm still on 300 grand a week. So he's done it for the right reasons, but he should still be criticised because you don't do that. I just think there's a there's a PR piece there for Sancho where he needs the right people around him and you you po- apologise sincerely, give a bit of a background, but but this time, don't do it again. Turn that page and, you know, everyone, you know, every, every, every day's a school day. I just think... It just Especially if you're a... I just okay. think it reflects back on with in football in general that there's just so many bad people around footballers and it just creates this real toxic environment that becomes their their every day and and then they're sort of blinded and clouded because no normal person would put that statement out after 20 minutes and a half imagine if i had people around me saying you're the best everything you you do is right that would be a a monster well we have to do that this morning it's like a worship to you yeah (laughs) thankfully it's not the case because i would be a monster you know, if everyone said you are brilliant, everything you say is brilliant and everything you do is brilliant and you can have anything you want, I'd be a monster. I'd be a tyrant. But that is the life of a footballer from yeah. 15 years old. When are we going to have this conversation? F- saving football is all good and well when we're talking about who's going to get relegated. But actually, there's some serious topics here. Um, I'm not saying they're victims, but effectively they are. They just don't realize they're victims. Yeah, yeah. They think they are on cloud nine. They think they are gods because they are treated by gods. You've got agents who can earn 20 million pounds off a transfer just because they're good at paperwork yeah. and they can use a spell check. I remember, um, I, really off topic, but I did some work at Mansfield a couple of years ago. There was the guy, there was a young kid, he was like eight, 17, 18, signing for the reserves or under 18s at Mansfield in yeah. Lee 2. There was an agent. A million pounds a week. There was an agent there and he was like dressed up to the nines doing it and he was like, it's going to be a good day. I was like, it's just he's probably taking a percentage of whatever yeah, money. Well, yeah, whatever money. Well, he won't imagine. take hundred percent. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Well, he might do. He might have absolutely done him over. But it's just like all the way down to the bottom of the pyramid. There's just these absolute snakes in the grass. I remember when I was sixteen, I'd go down my local pub. I had rubbish Liam Gallagher hair, Adidas Gazelles. Wow. Twenty Benos. There's any pictures of that? Pint of Red Stripe. There is. Yeah. And I thought I was like Liam got Liam Gallagher. Yeah. I genuinely did. But everyone thought I was a prat and they told me I was a prat and I still thought it was Liam Gallagher. Imagine if everyone said, you are, you are the best. I mean, these, you know, they are victims and I think we have to have a responsibility and say that they're, they're paid to play football, but a lot of them are severely challenged and lacking in social and um, communication skills and concept skills of their place in the real world, i.e. we see it all the time. They're riding high. They're playing for a big club. They make a mistake, sometimes a serious mistake in their private lives. Oh, no one's interested in you anymore. Yeah. And all that, all those people that are leeches around you for money, they leave you. But you know what? My DMs are open. You know, if mm. these footballers need some help, I'm very, very, very cheap and also nice. But no, I would, I would give free advice. We're giving free advice now. Well, I, I you think, know, yeah. I think read I was gonna... a book about morals and respect and you know actually if you're walking out of a train station hold the door open for the person behind you you'll feel good 
and they'll feel good and it's being nice. It's like me. The other, I was walking home after a night out the other day, found £40 on the floor. And what did I do? I kept it and bought three pizzas and a kebab and some cheesy chips. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, let's move on to a few more that we've had put I'd in. I'd have given it to a dog. <laughs> to do what? He's <laughs> hungry. To eat it. He wouldn't know what to do with it, would he? Um, Ange ball or Zerby ball? We've been talking about. Oh, uh, it's got to be. It's got to be Brighton. Yeah, Still, it's got to be Zerbi Ball. Yeah, I'd agree with you, but Ange is pushing up there as well. Yeah. And one, two, I wanted to finish on uh, Harry Maguire or Johnny Evans. I, I'm going to be controversial here, and this is going to get clipped. Harry Maguire or Johnny Evans? Harry Maguire. Oh. I think there's. A, I think there's a line to you know. I don't believe in sentimentality, and I don't believe in charity, unless it's giving food to dogs or. Um, Homeless people yeah, and any charity. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't discriminate against charities. It's not like I'm going, yeah, yeah. Save the children. You can do one. Yeah. I, I actually would give them money and others. I'm digging a hole. But the reality is, Harry Maguire's fault. He always makes me say controversial things. But this is controversial. I will would say Harry Maguire over Johnny Evans because, yeah, Harry Maguire shouldn't be playing for Man United. He shouldn't be playing for England. But it. I don't like that sort of silly analysis that you get from people like Gabby Gonglahor, where it's just absolute nonsense. Harry Maguire is not a player I rate, but he's better than 35-year-old, I've just been relegated from Leicester, Johnny Evans, who is past it. Like Harry Maguire is still, would have been a good signing for West Ham. He's not a good signing for Man City or Man United, but he's still one of the top 30 centre-backs in Manchester. Whereas Johnny Evans isn't. And I love, but the thing is, if it's a popularity contest, who I want to go and watch Oppenheimer with and share a bag of popcorn, well, Johnny Evans. We'll come on to that in a bit because I'll put a question out to the community tab. Um, okay, so you're backing Harry Maguire. Yeah, because I think that's common sense. Lovely. Uh, and it's lacking sometimes. You'd football. agree anyway. I'd agree. I, was gonna say, I thought I was going to be on my own there saying Harry Maguire. Yeah, I draw a line at stupidity. Okay. Okay. Um, one I wanted to finish on, it was a great one from Sports News 433. Um, he said, and I'm not just reading it for this comment. It says, thank you, Mark and Will, for working really hard on the podcast. It's a great listen every week. But it's You a, wrote that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's my mum. Uh, would you rather be the manager of Brighton and get £100 million spending boost and have a successful transfer advisors to bring in the hidden gems? Or would you rather be the manager of Chelsea? You get all the players you want with at least three of the sign-ins working out uh, in the window and being world-class. I was lost with that. What, what, do you want to be Brighton manager? You, you're spending less, but you're going to get some like really good players that you probably have to sell on. Or do you want to go in as manager at Chelsea, where you've got all the money in the world to get in players, but you're having a bit of a hit or miss transfer window? It's a rubbish question. That's a great question. But what's my success He's level? the one that she said, thank you for working really hard. Oh, right. It's a great question. Look, I'll, I'm going to be Jordan Henderson here. I'll, I will take the money, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. We'll move on. Yeah. Um, one that's been doing the rounds on Twitter this week. I don't know if you saw uh, Messi's in MLS. America. America, big country. Uh, he played I away. At... You know, I thought you were going to leave Re out there and go big. He's <laughs> <laughs> in America, the big C. <laughs> and, and he's playing for um, into Miami and everywhere he goes, it's sort of a traveling circus at the moment. But when he played in LA, there was a huge guest list on there. Yeah. Sort of all the big stars. DiCaprio. All the big stars turning out. I think um, Prince Harry was, it was just Bobby Harry Davro. Now. Just Harry now, isn't it? Bobby Davro, all the big stars out there. Um, so I, I put it out there to the community tab. Who would you most, which celebrities would you most like to go and watch a game with? Yeah. So who would you most like to go out with? Ooh. Um, I'm not interested in, a women, in women. I mean, I am generally, but I'm married, but I'm not going to take a woman to watch football. And that's not because I don't think they know anything about football. I just think that, you know, my wife would get jealous. So <laughs> I, I'm going to go for a chat of 
uh, a man, and I'm going to go with, oh, you know what? I, I I don't think he likes football, but I was watching him. Like, I'd, I'd go with a funny guy. Go on. I, I, I wouldn't mind going with like a Gervais. Oh, you're such a... I think Gervais comes across what he's like in real life. I'd laugh, but I don't think he'd like football. So I, I don't know. Nothing worse when you've gone to a game with someone and you know they're just I wouldn't like Gervais if he didn't understand the offside rule so who are you picking then you've got to pick someone in Ooh, the football space I, I, Liam Gallagher was on there last night Will Farrell, Tom Holland James Harden the NBA player DiCaprio as you mentioned he wouldn't know anything about we've football. had a few I basically put this out in the community tab I thought we'd you know, get some nice answers but basically they've turned against me Mark in the community tab what they said top, top reply 90 likes me. I'd rather watch football with my mates than any so called celebrity Ooh. next one no one. Who even cares about celebrities? I don't get why I like we our worship audience. celebrities as if celebrities are more important than normal people. I, I, you know what? I'm Third a- lie. Keep these American celebrity worship out of football, in my opinion, or will end up dominated by sports and halftime shows and mid-match ad breaks. That's just xenophobic. Yeah, and, the, and we have ad breaks in the halftime anyway. But you know what? I, I, I love our podcast audience because it's a bit like a cult. Make sure you follow us. But the reality, not because we're starting a cult, you know, we're not going down that route. But um, the reality is, I think that they have absolutely solved football there. Mm. And I didn't even think of it. So I applaud the audience because actually the answer is, what celebrity would I like to go and watch football with? I wouldn't. But I'd, rather go, I'd rather go with one of these people listening to this show or you or a mate because I'll have a pint, I'll watch the match, I'll have a laugh. And I'll be with somebody who likes football. I mean, there's a risk if you go with one of these celebrities. You know, yeah. they might be on their phone too much. They might be asking you to take a selfie when there's a goal about to be scored. They don't know what 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 VAR is. Well, you know, yeah, I, I can't like all, the referees. I, I counter all that with <laughs> someone replied that. saying Noel Edmonds. <laughs> Noel so Edmonds. that would be a great afternoon, wouldn't it? But yeah, I got it wrong. Sometimes you have to hold peace. your hand up. He was a legend. Is he dead? No, I, I want to say no. Yeah, I don't think he's dead. His career's dead. <laughs> no, he's still making the money on Deal or No Deal. Deal or No Deal. Is that him? I could do that. Um, also on Saves Football, sometimes we, not focus on the negative, but obviously when you're saving something, you're trying to change it. So obviously it's for the positive. Yeah, for the positive. But one thing, there was a great question from Chewy Badge V2. Uh, sounds dodgy. Um, in, your opi- in your opinion, what's the greatest match you've watched in your lifetime? Keep up the good work, Goat Bridge. It's easy for me to say what the greatest match of my lifetime is to, wa- and, to watch. The attended. I physically attended. Well, what one you watched then if there's one you physically attended? Um, I think physically attended would... Uh, United lost, but it was my first ever f- trip to Old Trafford. So, you know, every time I walk into Old Trafford, even when, you know, even now, you walk up the steps, you take a, I take a, sh- a sharp intake of breath. Sharp fart. <laughs> and that's not because I suffer with asthma. It's because you bust. I um no, it was that first time. Uh, like it's like your first time at Wembley and stuff like that. But I don't um, hate Wembley. I like the old Wembley. Oh, old Wembley, great. Yeah. New Wembley, absolutely soulless. Yeah, I don't like the new Wembley. But no, no. So my first, my, my first time Old Trafford, which was '89. Uh, I loved that. Um, I think the best games I've ever watched. Obviously, Man United '99 will never be topped. But second was probably uh, this is the English mentality losing. Italia 90, World Cup semi-final, Germany, just had everything. Emotion. I mean, seeing players cry, genuinely cry. Linicus, tap of the yeah, eye, Gaza. Yeah, it was, it was, even now it gives me goosebumps. And so you don't, you don't, it's a good lesson. You don't always have to win in life um, to cry. <laughs> in fact, actually, I think you cry more when you don't win. 
Yeah. That's just a guess. But no, no, yeah. So yeah, very easy. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think your first time is always the best, unless it's your first time, which I think is a bit like driving test, you know? Yeah. It's not always your best drive. Mine would be uh, very lucky. I went to the World Cup in 2018, went to Argentina, Nigeria. Were you paid to go? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was when when Argentina needed to win in the final group games, when Rojo scored the winner. Yeah. And Messi scored that one on his knee down. But watching the stadium late, 95% Argentinian, and it was like the best atmosphere I've ever been they to. They love it. And when it was when um, Maradona was doing all the alleged gear that yeah, yeah. it was on the glass. It was just absolutely fantastic. just had fantastic. a cold, Will. Yeah, exactly. You, got, you had you, nasal problems. And then best game I've ever watched. The best day of football in my life is down south, Gareth Southgate when England beat Sweden in the World Cup. That, yeah. that Saturday is unmatched, untouched. Don't remember it. Yeah, you do? Come on, Mark. Harry Maguire scored first. Yeah, I definitely don't remember it. I um, wanted to finish on as well. There's a great one here from JDog9753 before we do the quiz, which you were in charge of this week. Yeah. So make sure you've got a player ready. Um, when Ronaldo and Messi retire, which two players will become the two best players of the current football generation? I'm hoping Jude Bellingham. I really, I, I think we're, 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 we're banging against an open door, but being a midfielder, he's got to sort of, you know, let's be open to midfielders and defenders doing it. I mean, it's a disgrace that the last centre-back to win the Ballon d'Or was Cannavaro, I think, in 2001. Six. Uh, six. So, yeah, I think I would like to see um, Jude Bellingham. And I do think the obvious one is Kylian Mbappe. Um, Haaland? Haaland's got to be in there as well. I think we're moving into a different era. I, I do. I've always said that, you know, you'll miss it when it's gone. Ronaldo and Messi... You you know you sometimes take for granted, but they they were I said it they you know being a bit older and seeing what was before them, unbelievable. And they are at the end of the road now, and they that, that level of consistency and ability to beat players and the goals they scored, there will be a drop off. But we've got some good players coming through. Like I say, I think Bellingham looks amazing. Mbappe needs to just get out of France, and um, not in general. I mean, he is French, but um, quite Clarkson that Harland, yeah, Harland as well. I think. Um... Yeah, Messi and Ronaldo is a bit like Gareth Southgate as England manager. We won't truly know how great he was until he leaves. Do you know what I mean? No. no. Anyway, let's get on with the quiz. I know you like this at home. Get your fingers ready. <laughs> get your fingers ready at home. Um, it's time for Football Hangman Quiz. So basically, I've got a player in mind. Will has nine lives to guess uh, based on questions I say yes or no to. He gets a guess after every question. A lot simpler this week. Ben Foster really struggled. No, you were really bad as well. You no, he struggled with it. the instructions. Yeah, but you two were like all over the place. Typical with the footballer, though. No, you, know. you, no brains, you were in Brains there. in their feet. You were, you were and in hands there as well. with him. Yeah. He's very good with his hands, Ben. Right, moving on. Um, first so I've, I've, I need to think of a player. Yeah, which you have done because obviously we've been planning for this podcast No, but podcast I think it's a bit hard. It was Steve Sedgley. You never would have got it. No, I wouldn't have got that. No, <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, that's, that's too hard. So I'm going to go... Just do someone from at least 98 onwards. 1998 onwards. Yeah. Um, I've got one. Yeah. Okay. Um, is, he in, is he still playing? Definitely not. <laughs> is it Steve Sedgley? <laughs> no. Um, is he English? No. Did he, he play in the Premier League? Yes. Is it David Ginola? No. Oh, I thought... <laughs> one week it will be, but yeah. it's not. He's had three... He's had three so he's questions. not English. He played in the Premier League and... He's not playing now. And he's not playing now. He's not playing. Uh, did, is he a striker? No. Is he a defender? No. Is he a goalkeeper? No. Okay. Uh, oh, you've got a bad six. I know, yeah. I just, yeah. So he's a midfielder. He's not playing now and he's not English and he's played in the Premier League. You've got three Did left. he... Uh, okay. This guess here, Steve McManaman. 
No. Oh, he's not English. He's English. Oh, shit. Oh, he's Scouser, not English. I've lost my head. Um, I'll let you have that one. Midfielder. Uh, question, question. You're, on, you're, from, you're, you're, you're in the right era, actually. Uh, uh, did he play it for Manchester United? No. Is it Patrick Berger? No. <laughs> did he play in another league that wasn't the Premier League? Um, I want to say... I want to say no, but I don't have my phone to hand. So, I so want predominantly to say, Premier League career. Predominantly Premier League. Um, I can think of... I'm going to give him a clue because I've only got two left. Um, I can definitely think of four clubs he would have played for in the Premier League. But he might have played for more, but definitely four. Um, did he play for Arsenal? No. So you've got one left. I'd be thinking nationality in the UK. That's not England. Uh, I'm giving a lot of clues away to yeah, you. So that's not a clue. Something, didn't play for Manchester United. Just trying to do my working out. It's very conscious at the time, still ticking down. Is it Gary McAllister? No. Oh. You've got one more. Oh, he didn't play for Liverpool. You've got one more uh, uh, question. Did he play for... I need to get the club right, really. Did he play for Newcastle? He did. Oh, okay. He got did. A chance. Last he chance, did. Saloon. Last throw of the dart. Here we go. So for people at home, Newcastle, not English, uh, played in the Premier League predominantly all his career. He's not playing now. Did play for Newcastle, not English. Will did waste a lot of questions with, is he yeah. got brown is hair? No, I did all the positions, which I yeah, should have just calmed down. Midfielder. Uh, I got it. Yeah. Noberto Solano. Uh-uh. It is the late, great... Gary Speed, oh, one of my favourite players growing up. Really, I, I loved Gary Speed. I had this fixation with a midfield three of Gary Speed, Paul Ince, and Roy Keane. Wow, that is a, that, I just I, I, all through, you know, from the age of about twelve to fifteen at school, yeah. I'd sit there to anybody who'd listen. Remember Emma Jackson in art? She had no interest in football, and I'd be telling her, this "I'm telling three. you, this midfield of Ince, Speed, and Keane, it would tear not just up the Division One or Premier League, the world, the world." Even be that Space Jam team. The late, great Gary Speed. Right. Thank you very much for listening to episode five of Goldbridge Chase Football. We're I enjoyed it. Now. Yeah. Thank you very much for all your support so far. We're, we're, we're rolling. We're rocking and rolling. Yeah. We'll be back next week with some more. We've got guests lined up. Make sure you follow. Click the bell and rate five stars on Spotify and get get involved in that interaction down there as well. We're growing something here. We want to do some live shows and stuff like that. So tell your friends and even people who aren't your friends, just say Goldbridge Saves Football is worth a listen. Yeah, and you, you might make friends with someone because of the podcast and that would be a very unique story. And if you are, make sure you tell us. Yeah, thanks everyone for watching. We'll be back next week.